Hello, hello. Welcome to Pisces season and a new episode of Becoming Chiron, the key to unlocking healing and personal alchemy with me, your hostess, Ursula Duffy. Today's episode is going to be primarily focused on Chiron in the fifth house and themes of the fifth house. And I want to make sure that I touch on the astro weather first, as we always do. So as I hit the record button, it is 11.32 a.m. here in Atlantic City, New Jersey on the East Coast. And we are about 14 hours away from a new moon, a new moon in Pisces. And I'm looking at the chart for the new moon. The new moon will be around 2.06 a.m., so overnight tonight here on the East Coast, so officially on the 20th of February. And this chart looks really harmonious. Uh, the energy for this new moon is going to be kind of beautiful. With uh, the sun just shifting in and now the, with the new moon happening, it's going to be around one degree, 22 minutes in the sign of Pisces. And with Piscean energy, it's really important to remember that it's primarily focused on transcendence. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. It's kind of where all of the energy culminates from Aries all the way through. And it's our connection to source and it's our connection to the unseen realms. It, I always liken Pisces to the ocean and the vastness and we can see the surface and we can really only go as humans so deep but there's this other world and darkness and all of these things that we'll never really be able to see and that's a beautiful metaphor for the energy of the sign as well because Pisces is where we connect to our soul on a really deep level and other souls on a really deep level and the collective energy and the unconscious realms think about what happens to a caterpillar inside the chrysalis and how it has these imaginal cells is what they're called when it's in that ooey gooeyness of becoming and transforming and ultimately transcending into a butterfly. It changes form, it's mutable energy, and, but like the most mutable as it's the end of the zodiac. And this is where our seasons start to change. So it's transformation and metamorphosis and it's really important to also remember with Pisces energy that it feels so deeply if you have Pisces placements you uh, you totally understand what I'm talking about and it's just really empathic and compassionate and sensitive and really watery too <laughs> it's the most watery and Ultimately, these feelings sometimes with tendencies with Pisces energy can get overwhelming and our comfort zone sometimes can be escapism when everything gets too overwhelming and the world just gets too overwhelming and there can be tendencies to just get to a point where you just want to numb things out and get in that comfortably numb space. So there can be a tendency with Pisces for addiction and that can be anything like from a substance to too much TV, to just checking out completely, zoning in on things that just help you numb. 
So there is that energy as well, especially now collectively with the new moon for a few days, we'll have four placements in Pisces, the sun, the moon, the planet Neptune and the planet Venus, which is at the very last degree of Pisces. So this is just a beautiful energy to tap into. And if you have Pisces placements and you do have that tendency for escapism, just make sure that if you're setting intentions for this new moon, you acknowledge those parts of yourself and maybe make a shift and uh, change your focus to the higher vibration. Just connecting with your soul and meditation and dream space and just being in this beautiful, weird realm of things that we can't see, but on a deep, deep level, we know when we understand. Also important to know where this is happening in your own chart. So if you're going to set any intentions for the new moon, then that's really important as well because you can pull in the themes from the house. And the only challenge aspect that I see with this new moon is a square with Mercury in Aquarius at 12 degrees, squaring Uranus and Taurus at 15 degrees. So there's an opportunity there for maybe a shift in perspective. With Uranus, we're talking about revolutionary energy and rebellion energy and shaking things up and innovation and individuation. And with Mercury, it's our mindset and the way that we communicate and our perception. So with all of this beautiful Pisces energy to draw from, with that square also happening at the time of the new moon, some kind of change in mindset or changing your mind about something or some kind of shift in perspective could be something that would come up during this time as well. And this is a really interesting new moon because it kind of sets the stage for, we'll touch more on this next time, but Saturn shifting into the sign of Pisces on March 7th. So there's real opportunity here to really play with how you feel about the unseen realms and your intuition and your deepest emotions and, and even any fear that comes up around any of that and things that you can't see, but then you, you can feel. Because we all have this extrasensory perception. It's all, it's part of us. It's part of our makeup. It's senses beyond the physical, which is really cool. And that really gets to that point of transcendence as well, because in order to transcend, sometimes parts of us have to die off to make room for something bigger and better to come. So keeping all that in mind under the energy of the new moon, like I said, if you're doing any new moon ceremony or setting any intentions, that could be some energy to infuse. And there's healing opportunity as well in, in this energy. We have the planetary clusters right now in Pisces, like I said, and then also in Aries, which is trailblazing and leadership and Aries energy moves really fast. It's that, think about right now what's happening. We just had, um, I forget the name of it. I think it's in bulk where it's the turning point. It's the midpoint between the solstice and the equinox where everything beneath the earth that was seeded in the fall starts to come alive and push its way to the surface. And that's the Aries energy. It's that survival instinct, life, life force. And then we have, um, like I said, Mercury in Aquarius. Saturn's about to leave Aquarius, which has been in for two and a half years since the end of 2020. So that's a really big shift. And then we'll have this 
also this dance of more Aquarian energy to come with Pluto shifting in at the end of March. And I'll get in more into that in future episodes and future astro weather forecasts. But it's a really good energy to work with. There's nothing really harsh happening with this new moon. It just looks really beautiful. And just remember to have empathy and compassion first and foremost for yourself, but for other people at this time, the world is still really crazy. <laughs> there is a lot going on. And with Pisces energy, it's transcendence, but it's also unity consciousness. So try and keep that in mind as well as we're moving into this energy more and more and with this new moon in particular. So I'm going to get into the Chiron material and with the fifth house, this is a space that I am intimately familiar with. If we go back to the earlier episodes when I share details about my own chart, I have Venus and the moon and Jupiter all in the fifth house space of my chart. And Venus in particular is what's called her planetary joys in the fifth house because the fifth house is all about pleasure and fun and connection and specifically connection to our muse and our creativity and children or things that we birth into the world, whether they're actual humans or creative ideas and projects. So this is the space where we really get to connect with what brings us joy and what lights us up and our inner child to a big extent too. It's very much a space about that and play. It's the house of fun. That's commonly what it's known as. So with three placements there, I generally need to have something or some level or some layer of fun in everything that I do. And that's just there on a really deeply subconscious level for me. Like I said, I have my moon there. So I'm still kind of in this. And I set this intention a while ago, I think, and in one of the podcast episodes, actually, that I wanted to get more in touch with my fifth house space. And I'm doing it. And it's a really interesting, slow process. But the creativity aspect as well, with the way that my life was kind of laid out in a very traditional role up until recently, that creativity part of myself is still, I think, coming alive. And it's this really cool space of self-discovery and connection and where that creativity really comes from and just tapping into, to an extent, that those Piscean realms because Pisces is opposite for me, Virgo, which is my fifth house. So well, having a stellium on one side, I think, as I said this before, a lot of the lessons come from the opposite side. So learning how to surrender and transcend and really be in the present moment has been, have been big, big life lessons for me. And it's just, sometimes it's hard for people to have fun. Sometimes it actually, oftentimes, and most times, it's really hard to stay in the present moment. It's just the way that we're conditioned as humans. So deconditioning and really dropping in and making effort to be in those other spaces is important. And for me, it's been extra important in considering my own makeup and my own chart. So with Chiron, I do not have Chiron in the fifth house, but as I've been doing, and I think this is a really cool format, kind of touching on what Barbara says in um, the rainbow bridge between the inner and outer planets, just as a refresher, if you're new to the show, 
I've been pulling from Barbara Hancloud's book about Chiron for specific information about Chiron through the houses. And I'll do the same thing once we shift into Chiron through the signs. So this is what Barbara says about Chiron in the fifth house. Chiron's presence in the fifth house always creates a powerful sense of the child within. And this child can be a monster demanding first place or a powerful generator of creative force. It is time to express the root dynamic pushing from deep within. The ego attachment, cathexis, I'll spell it, I don't know, I'm going to butcher it, C-A-T-H-E-X-I-S-I-Z-E-D by Chiron in the fifth is an erotic and creative dynamic which can only be released by experience. Chiron is experiential, the fifth house is experiential, and the effect is doubled. Therefore, the sexual behavior patterns are unusual, and like all Chiron placements natally, this is the behavioral issue that is kept most secretly hidden. People with this position need very special counseling as the necessary sexual experimentation that comes with this position also can activate too much Uranian or Kundalini energy too soon. And often the experience is like a child with little mature understanding and denial of what the person is doing. The fifth house is a powerful electrical grounding dynamic in the chart, which will release the person to give their gift to the culture, the 11th house which is opposite the fifth. If they can just find a way to express the energy of the fifth house. With Chiron so placed, this energy becomes alchemized. It keeps changing force until the being reaches essence of gold. Those with Chiron in the fifth almost always create a murky and demanding sexual dynamic themselves, or they create experiences with others for sexual experimentation, which will teach them what they need to know. And then she goes into specific chart examples, which I won't touch on because you'll need the book in order to really understand that. So she says that people with this placement sometimes don't understand that enough is enough. This is She's talking about sexuality and sexual relationships. Um, but others have been unable to establish long-term relationships, which are really fulfilling. Almost all are very creative, and a very striking example of Chiron in the fifth is the writer. So being a writer or being a creative is an expression of this. And she says, the goal with people with Chiron in the fifth house is to get them to talk about the hidden side, to help them see that they are learning by their behavior, and to always emphasize the importance of sexual love. The key to Chiron in the fifth house is that the fifth house is the release of the child within, of creativity. Creative expression, teaching children, and conscious sexuality are the mature expressions of this position. So there's that. That's what Barbara says. Very important. Some of the, I mean, I don't have Chiron there, but like I said, I have fifth house placements. Um, and I can see that especially with the alchemy of the creativity and 
um, it's actually in the in the next material that I'm going to shift into but like that connection to the inner child and inner child healing in particular is so important to this space of the chart in particular so now I'll read from the black moon astrology deck and the fifth house card in this deck is number 29 and the card's really cool. It actually has like a carnival um, element to it and a fun house. It actually says fun house on it. And the word for the fifth house in this deck in this card is creativity. But it's got the two, the two masks, the one with the smiling face and the one with the sad face. And it's really, really, it's, it's a beautiful card, actually. It's really interesting to see the imagery that they chose for this. Because like I said, it is commonly known as the house of fun. So as we've come to learn, every card in this deck starts with a quote from somebody that's known for the expression of this. And the quote on this one is, every child is an artist. The problem is staying an artist when you grow up. And that was by Pablo Picasso. And I love that. And I want to touch on that for a moment, just because... We, I do firmly believe this, and this quote is just so interesting because when we're born and when we're little kids, we're just, and if you have little kids, just like that childlike wonder about the world. And this touches a lot on Pisces energy too. And one thing I wanted to mention, it, uh, it is that we're, we can be a little naive, but where does that naivete come from? And just think about when you're a little kid and you're just still so connected to source and so creative. And then we just get conditioned from the moment we're born. And that purity and that, like I said, childlike wonder just gets dimmed and returning to that and having a consciousness of it. And when I was in my early stages of my spiritual reawakening, when I was kind of religiously following the psychic teachers episodes and going through, they always said, remember and think back to things that you used to do and love to do when you were a kid. And for me, it was drawing and art. And I, I had a crystal collection when I was a little kid. So just revisiting those parts of myself and this whole process has been really interesting too. And one thing that I wanted to mention about Pisces energy just to kind of pull in things from the culture that are really good expressions of it. If you've ever seen or heard of the movie, The Shape of Water, that could be a really cool one to watch for the first time or dive back into it during this time under the energy of the new moon and all the Pisces energy that we have in the sky right now, because that movie is a very, very visually apt and stunning expression of Pisces energy. And it's a love story to boot. So just to mention that, I've, I've forgotten in the beginning. So just to pull that in. And then let's get into the fifth house. So in the book, the description and the guidance for this card, be happy. Give yourself the gift of happiness. If the Zodiac had a fun house, in quotes, it would be the fifth house. Pleasure, creativity, and children are all elements of this house. Being ingenious and in the limelight is another element. We find our childlike imaginations through storytelling and fantasy. Playing is very much what the fifth house is all about. That's why this part of the chart also rules over romance, especially the beginning stages. 
As children, our imaginations know no bounds and we indulge in creative performances. When as adults, we dip into this field, we allow our minds and hearts to roam free and produce masterpieces. When the fifth house brings romance, we also enter into a kind of playfulness, a sensual joy that happens inside the playground of adulthood. This card turning up in a reading indicates that you have created or will begin to create something to be proud of, something that will bring others joy. It may have you on a stage or just an area where adults can let down their hair and become as children, responsive, joyful, and free. You can expect the completion of a project or the accomplishment of a significant goal for which there will be a celebration. You have put hard work into a project and will now see the results. Gifts, parties, gatherings, premieres, galas, or even a wedding may figure in. You could become involved in a school setting with children or mostly young adults. Since the fifth house is the natural house position for the sign Leo, someone close to you, a potential lover, a mate, or the two of you together will make a striking appearance. It's time to go out and be seen. This card may turn up during the time of a budding romance. Perhaps your current relationship will go through a positive transformation, or perhaps there is a new potential mate on the scene. The fifth house is also strongly tied to artistic expression, meaning art of every kind, from painting to drawing to creating stage sets, costuming, writing stage and screenplays, making films, as well as music. If you're a parent, the fifth house stands for your children. It also stands for other offspring, such as grandchildren and sometimes even the friends of your children. This card turning up could indicate that a younger relative is about to be singled out for special acknowledgement. The Jupiter card appearing next to the fifth house card in a spread points to awards and rewards, while the Saturn card next to the fifth house card could indicate a depression or the slowing up of energy or the feeling of being stuck. If it were the Leo or Neptune card, it would designate creativity and abundance. The fifth house card is all about finding joy in creativity and self-expression with promise of a jubilant return to childhood. It can denote a carnival-like atmosphere where life becomes a three-ring circus, but usually in the best way possible. It is all about multitasking, taking on more than is expected, and then making a spectacular success of it. This is the card of the mastery and victory in a deep way, such as that which you already carry inside your heart. All is possible now. The most important thing is to move forward. Fifth house card in brief, pleasure, laughter, parties, getting a rush, attraction, the early stages of romance, or the joyous element found in healthy romance, flings, lovemaking, weddings and marriage, children, childlike delights of the soul, being proud of offspring or students, Pride, acting in a dignified or noble way, being of pure heart, 
art and the creative impulse, creating for a dramatic or public purpose, the public, appearing in front of an audience, the stage, applause, stage plays at schools, making movies and videos, B-movies, the entertainment business, graphic novels, games and puzzles, expressing your creativity in unique and inventive ways with a view to presenting your work in a public forum. Corresponding to row card is the Six of Cups, and key ideas, the bliss of childhood, creativity, the stage, staying open, hobbies, having fun, festivities, and free expression. Like I said, it's the house of fun. <laughs> so that is pretty much everything that I wanted to touch on today. Just a few updates. I and our team at Seagatas are teaching a class on Wednesday night for the 222 energy called Balancing Our Divinity. And it's all about the um, divine feminine and masculine energies within us and how those energies represent and where they come from and how we can integrate them within ourselves. And I'm going to be touching on, as we're now in the integration phase and have been for a while now of the recent Mars retrograde in Gemini, which related very much to the divine masculine and feminine. So there'll be a lot of information about Mars and that, and we'll pull cards and there'll be some instruction and then there'll be a chance for open discussion and Q and A. So you can register for that right on our website. SeeGoddessHealingArts.com slash classes is where you can find that. And it's $22.22, sticking with the 222 theme. So we have that coming up on Wednesday night. And then Thursday night, I'm teaching an in-person class. The, the Balancing Our Divinity is going to be online. I'm teaching in person again at uh, Island Therapy in Summers Point, New Jersey, and my next workshop and class is called What is Astrological Aromatherapy? And I am so excited to start teaching this material. And that is going to be Thursday night at 7 p.m. And you can register for that on the Island Therapy website. It's islandtherapyllc.com on their register for events page. And we'll go through every sign of the zodiac and what um, with your sun sign in particular, what essential oil corresponds and how that can just bring a deeper level and healing to aromatherapy by pulling from our natal charts, which is really cool and pretty much my specialty at this point. So I'm really, really excited for that. And then on Saturday, Mandy and I are doing an event at Zen Landing Wellness in May's Landing called Stellar Radiance. And that's going to be a really beautiful, just deep meditative experience. I think our tagline for it is polish your soul from the inside out. And we're just going to hold space and do messages from spirit, a little astrology, and then just take everyone through a beautiful guided meditation where we'll really focus on our chakras, but on a 5D level, which brings a whole different meaning to each chakra and ones beyond the common seven. So that's going to be really cool. And that's going to be at Zen Landing Wellness, like I said, in May's Landing in person on Saturday at 5 p.m. So Saturday the 25th. 
So really exciting week coming up for us. We're all so excited for everything that we have planned and hope that you can join us for any or all of that. And it's really cool to just kind of be doing the hybrid um, events and classes at this point. Combinations of online and in-person has been really fulfilling to connect with our people locally, but then also to extend our reach by hosting things online too. So there is one other thing that we have starting today. I'm not sure if I'm going to get this pushed out in time for that, but our mermaid in the mountains at Sea Goddess Lexi Duquette is hosting her first online support group called Goddesses in Recovery, and that starts today at 3.33 p.m. You can also register for that on our website, and I believe the intention behind this is to see how the first one goes and then to host it more regularly. So if you're interested in that, can't make it today, let us know and give us some feedback as far as if that space will serve you and if that's something that you're interested in. And you can email us at seagoddesshealingarts at gmail.com if you're interested in that. And it's free. Lexi is doing this as just wanting to hold space for other people that share similar experiences around recovery, whether you're in recovery or supporting someone else's recovery and anything in between. However, it doesn't matter how you define it. If you have some experience and want to have a community and support around it, then Goddesses in Recovery is a space for you. And that is also on our website. It's the first thing you'll see on our homepage. So just go there, seegoddesshealingarts.com. You can register for that there. And I am also, you'll be getting an email from me soon if you're on my list for Ursa Alchemy as far as some upcoming shifts and just combinations of efforts and migration of me pulling everything under the Sea Goddess umbrella. So stay tuned for that in your inboxes if you're on my email list, like I said. And I think that's all that I have for today. You can learn more about me and sign up for any of my services that I offer. Ursa, it's Ursa Alchemy on seagoddesshealingarts.com is where all of my services are. And you can link to that right from our homepage. And I offer astrology readings. And like I said, I'm starting to teach now, which has been wonderful. So everything is there on my page, as well as the link to the podcast. And yeah, that's a wrap for today. Just stay in this beautiful metamorphosis energy, enjoy it, love it, feel the love, open your heart, come from the heart. And like I said, just remember to have compassion for yourselves and for others at this time. So as I always say and close out, remember to be a maverick. Bye.